Keyboard Shortcuts for Lightroom. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and I'm going to hand over to Matt again in this episode. He has done a blog and then this podcast on specifically the keyboard shortcuts in Lightroom that he uses quite often. Things like this, very helpful. I know I've done a video or two in the past on it as well. You'll find some similarities, but find the ones that work for you. Trust me, it speeds up your workflow dramatically. Anyway, here we go. Enjoy. Hey guys, I hope you're all well and I hope you've had a fantastic week so far. Um, I figured, you know, I did a workflow Lightroom blog and podcast a few weeks back and I felt as though there was a lot more around it that I could add to it. So this is me doing just that. I've written a blog on it and now I figured let me do a podcast on shortcuts in Lightroom. But what I've noticed over the years with guiding guests is that people often, you know, steer away from shortcuts because they say it gets confusing they say that there's too many and it's overwhelming to learn. And I found that quite strange because I must say I find them to be the most powerful um, tool to use in your workflow. And, you know, as I mentioned in my blog, I've had so many people say that once their workflow is sorted out, their editing gets so much better. The actual photo edits get better and they enjoy it so much more. Um, I guess it's the same as, you know, a clean house, happy life. Is that a saying? I don't know. It should be. But you know what I mean? If you have a clean room or a clean house, then everything just seems to be, go so much better throughout your day. And I think the same applies. So that's kind of why I did a little bit on it. Um, a bit of a strange one for a podcast, I suppose, in a way, because, I mean, how do we really talk shortcuts in a podcast? Well, I'll tell you, because there are hundreds of them, okay? So you can go onto Google, and with any kind of search, you can very easily and very quickly find thousands, hundreds of different um, shortcuts. I don't know them all, but I definitely know a couple and these are absolute musts for me in my workflow and with what I do. So I'm going to run through that today. Um, I don't think it'll be very long, but I think it's just good to introduce everybody to the idea of shortcuts and how we should be using them much, much more. So let me start with the basics, okay? And this is more for the sorting side of things. So in my workflow blog and podcast, I spoke about sorting your images and I very briefly touched on some of these uh, shortcuts so let me go into it a little bit more so when I download my images okay I sit at my computer memory card goes in my images all get downloaded into a folder into my library into Lightroom cool so then how do I go about sorting it so what I then do is I go into my gallery module so I click on the top the gallery module I click on my first image I then hit the caps lock button I always know it as the caps lock button. I'm sorry if I get the names wrong because I might be a little bit old school. I'm from the DOS days. So if button names have changed since then, I apologize. But anyway, I hit the shift lock or the caps lock button again. Okay? So that little green light comes on. What that does, that activates um, a, an automatic selection sort of thing, if you want to call it that. So basically, if, you're, if you select that and the green light is on, Whatever you do in terms of a shortcut, it will affect the change to that image and then automatically switch to the next image. Okay, so it's like hitting the sideways navigation arrow. But so for example, the X button will reject an image. Okay, so flag it as a rejected image, a potentially rejected image. So if you hit the X button, it will reject an image. So when I'm at my computer, I hit the caps lock button. Okay. So the green light is on. I then hit the F button, which puts me into full screen. 
Then I hit the X button to reject that image because let's just say, for example, I do not like the image, my first image in that uh, photo shoot. The minute I hit the X button, automatically in full screen mode, it'll jump over to the next image. Let's then say that I don't like that image either. I hit the X button again and it automatically jumps to the next image. So that automatic jump happens because I've got that caps lock on. It just makes things so much quicker because then what I could do is use um, a couple of other buttons to shoot through this whole library, okay? This whole module that you're trying to do. So if X rejects an image, U, the letter U, will unreject or unflag that image. So if you accidentally hit X, you can just push the backward arrow or the left arrow to go back to that image, hit the U button and it'll unflag it, okay? If there's an image that I want to put focus on after that, let's say I come across an image where I'm like, oh, I wonder what I can do here. I can then hit the P button, which is for pick that image. Okay, then I can use, if there's an image that I'm a little bit like, I don't really know what to do with this image, and it's a bit of a, mm, maybe I'll use it later, maybe I won't, I'm not sure. I can simply hit the navigation arrow, the, the right navigation arrow, and that'll take me to the next image. Okay, if there's an image that I think is like mind-blowing, okay, just a brilliant image, and I don't want to use the P button because I really want to focus on this image, then you can use your numbers one through five. Now, you can set up your own system, but let's say that five stars means it's absolutely brilliant image that you want to focus on. Then you hit number five, and because you've got F on for full screen, and because you've got that caps lock on, it'll jump over to the next image, but mark that image as a five-star rating. So, you, as you can see, like once you get used to this type of um, way of sorting files, it's very quick, very easy, and it just automatically jumps to the next picture, and then boom, 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 boom. And if you have a look at my blog, I've put a screenshot up of what it might look like when you're done, because when you get to the end of this, you will see that there's um, grayed out pictures that you've X'd, um, there's starred pictures that you've starred. Um, if you are interested, then numbers five through nine are colors. So if you want to color your images for whatever reason, um, if you've got a specific sort sorting system, then you can use five through nine for that as well. So you'll see all your colored images um, or color labeled images coming up there. So I think in terms of sorting, this is just absolutely brilliant. I mean, you can get through stuff so quickly with this. And, you know, I think in my previous podcast or blog, I think I mentioned I got through like tens of thousands of images within the week that I sat down and I used this method. Okay. So you see how shortcuts can really cut down your time um, in terms of your workflow. So and that's why I love that, the shortcuts on that side of things. But it also speeds up things on your development side or your um, your actual you know, post-production or your editing side. So, for example, your layers. Okay, if you want to add a brush layer, a linear gradient or a radial gradient, often you're going, you're scrolling across, you're clicking on, that, on the new Lightroom update, you're clicking on that new circle, that layer, um, new circle thing that they've got now. Then you click on plus, then you go find the gradient that you want, you know, whether it be a brush or a radial or linear, and then you go and click and drag it. Um, but when the creative juices are flowing and you're in the mood, like, you know, and you're keen to edit, then you kind of want things just to happen, or at least I do anyway. So there's three that I use here, and that's the letter K, which is for a brush. That'll just automatically, so in your develop mode, you hit K, opens up a brush layer, and your brush is ready to go. Then M will do the same thing, but with a linear gradient. And then Shift M for Mac users will create a new radial gradient. I'm not sure what the Windows equivalent is, but um, in my blog, I have got a table at the bottom that will help you if you are a Windows user. 
okay because a lot of what i'm talking about today is mac related so just those three things very quickly you can open up those um, layers you can put them onto your screen and then go ahead and edit straight away bang so i love that and you can go edit 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 let's say you um want to crop okay so you hit the letter r bang you crop your image then you put you want a vignette with a linear gradient so m bang you put your linear gradient in you drop the exposure and you know what you're done that's it um that's what I love. Very quick, because if you if you know what you want to do with an image, you know, the whole click, 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 click thing can be quite frustrating, I find. So that's brilliant when it comes to the whole editing side of things. Now, a couple of little tips around the editing side of things that might help you as well. So if you want to, you know, often, what, especially for me, because I do fine art photography, and when you put these layers everywhere, it becomes quite overwhelming. You get those little gray dots, and that's your to select your layer. That's the layer center point you know the anchor point so if your screen becomes full of those it can be very overwhelming you forget which one's which or you can't see your edits anymore even so if you hit the h button it'll clear all of those little buttons off your screen so then when you affect the change on the layer that you selected there won't be any buttons in the way and you can actually see what let's say for example you've got a radial filter sorry a radial gradient over an animal's eye because you're doing a bit of dodging but the circles that of the radial gradient and the center point, the anchor point, that little gray button is getting in the way and you can't really see what change is happening. Hit the H button, it'll make it disappear, but it is still selected in the background. You can then affect the changes and see exactly what's going on, which I think is awesome. And then the same applies with the O button. So if you hit the O button, it'll toggle on and off a red mask and you can see which area is going to be affected. And this helps a lot with feathering and things like that. And you, you can see what's going to be affected before you actually... Now, another tool that I use a lot and I find extremely effective with workflow or a shortcut that I find extremely effective with workflow is the letter B. So when you're developing pictures, you've finished editing this image, okay? Now, if you hit the letter B, what's going to happen is Lightroom's going to take that edited image, okay, the full edited image, and send it to a target collection. You would have predefined this target collection. So in your library module, you go down to collections, you can add the little plus button and can add a collection there. Okay, that will then open up a collection, obviously. And you right click on that little collection folder. And you go scroll down to set target collection. So you then go back into your develop module in your library and you go through the folders that you're editing. So every time you finish editing a picture, you hit the letter B, it goes straight into that folder, bang. Now, if you have those collections linked up to Lightroom, for example, so if you're syncing with Lightroom or a cloud service, or the, then it'll go straight to that folder and immediately get uploaded onto the internet straight away. So for me, for example, I use SmugMug for my wildlife and I've got underneath the, um, you know, in your, in your library module, I've got my SmugMug app linked in there. And under that SmugMug app, I've got the different shoots so I make I create collections for each shoot. So as I'm going through that day's shoot, I'm hit the letter B, I hit the letter B, I hit the letter B after every edit. Every time I hit the letter B within two minutes, it's on my website. Bang. So I mean if you want to talk about cutting down time on workflow and not having to export JPEGs and then upload those JPEGs, this is an absolute game changer. The power of that letter B is just <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Um which I really enjoy. Then, of course, don't forget the letter V on your keyboard converts to black and white. I just had to throw that in there because I love black and white. For those who know me and know my photography, 
you know I can't help that, so that's there if you want it. Often what I do find, by the way, is if you're battling with an image, convert it to black and white. So hit the letter V, edit it as a black and white, and then hit the letter V again and bring it back to color and just see what happens because sometimes you'll be quite impressed with you know what, what you've managed to do. It's quite a strange way of editing, but just try it. Right, now I want to chat about something I think is actually very important and it's, this is definitely, we, we're still talking shortcuts on keyboards, um, but this is something that I think, you know, I often stress on my photographic safaris because especially for people who are starting out photography and by the way, even me today, having done it for 10 years now or eight years, whatever it's been, I still over edit sometimes. I get too carried away. I get too excited and I over edit. I'll go and edit a photograph. I'll post it on Instagram the next day. I look at it and I'm like, oh my goodness me, what were you thinking? So there's two keys that can help you stop this from happening, okay? And the first one is the backslash. And what the backslash will do is it compares the edit that you've just done to the, the edit before that move. So for example, if I have a picture and I want to lift the exposure quite a lot, I'll lift the exposure and I'll look at my image and I might think, wow, that's amazing. But if I hit the backslash um, button, it will show the edit before and it'll show the edits I've just done. So if you keep toggling between it, so if you keep hitting that key, and what you might find while you're doing that is that it's like, oh my goodness, this is really not a good move, okay? And so that you know, can be avoided right there and then. If you get to the end of your edit, okay, so now you're right at the end and you're very happy with it and proud and you think that this is legit before you hit the letter B even, you know, to export this to your collection, hit the letter Y. Because what Y will do is compare your complete edited images with your raw file or your original file. So this is really a good way to see how far you've gone and if you've maybe gone too far. Okay, so just check that out because this is going to keep, what I like to say, keep you honest and it'll keep your edits a little bit less um, wild and a bit more tame. And I think you'll be a lot more happier with the results because what you might find is that you've overexposed, over dehazed, something along those lines. And then you can always tap that back. Hit the Y again. Okay, cool. I'm happy now. Hit the letter B. Send it off to your different apps, okay, or your collections. So... Um, those two are very important. If, if anything, use those because that's going to really, really help your editing. Um, and yeah, so, you know, in my blog, I've got a table of shortcuts. If you go online, you'll find all of the other shortcuts that might help you. Perhaps write them down, get some muscle memory going because that's key, I think. You know, if you get that whole muscle memory thing going, you can work through pictures so fast um, and it completely changes everything. And yeah, just before I go, I just want to quickly add in one sort of bonus tip something that I really enjoy and I've kind of recently discovered um, in a way. So if you're in a develop mode, okay, spot removal, let's say you've got a whole bunch of flies around a lion's head, okay, flies in a picture can sometimes add or distract. So let's say that these are flies are distracting the image. What you want to do in the develop mode is hit the Q button, okay, that will open up the spot removal tool. Now, if you see that the screen goes like black and white, don't stress, it's just like a, there's a little tick box at the bottom that will say visualize spots. It's kind of like a hotspot type of screen. So just tick on that or uncheck that tick box um, if you find it a bit too distracting and it'll go back to your normal image and your it shouldn't happen again in future once you've unticked it. So then you select, you hit Q and you get your spot removal tool up. Okay, you untick the visualize spots. Then what you do is you click on the fly. Now, normally what Lightroom will do is it will look through your, once you click on that fly, it'll look through your picture. 
and find try and look for a source that will best match that area so if it finds that it'll add it and then hopefully the fly will disappear but i, I you know in the past i've often found that lightroom makes a mistake with this and they were like select a lion's eye for some strange i've had the most random stuff pop up so a lion's eye will then be floating you know above the lion's head because that's what lightroom thought was best if this happens okay hit the backslash button whilst your spot removal tool is still selected so if you hit the bash backslash button what will happen is lightroom will then move on to the next source to try to find a better source and you can keep tapping that button until you are happy with the result um, what you would hope is that ultimately lightroom would find the best source for you to then so that the fly doesn't look so that there's not a big circle or a lion's eye or something random that seems too obvious so that's a really cool little trick to use and if you can't really see very well because of the spot removal lines you know, like the white lines and the overlay masks or whatever are getting in the way then hit the h button remember the h button will hide your filters that you've got selected and this applies to radial gradient and brush as well by the way if you hit the h button all of that stuff all the the nonsense will disappear and you'll only see the effects once you add them so if you're dropping exposure for example in the in the filters you'll see only that change you won't see the white lines the selected white lines and the same will apply now okay in the spot removal tool where those white lines will disappear and you can keep hitting the backslash button until you find that where that fly was is now perfect and there's no noticeable spot removal there I think this is also a very cool little tip that I thought I'd just add in there, um, which should help your workflow a little bit more as well. So as you can see, I haven't gone through all of them. I've kept it, I hope I've kept it short. I'm sorry if, if you're still here, thank you for still being here, I appreciate that. But um, these are just the ones that I find I use so often and are just such power um, in my editing process and sorting process. So I hope that some of this made sense. I hope that some of it um, will help you going forward. And yeah, I wish you guys a very happy weekend ahead and um good luck with editing and yeah again if you have any questions please feel free to ask i will always be happy to answer cheers guys until next time